Yes, let's see. I think I'll turn over to the loudspeaker. River Radio. Hello? This is only a test. This radio station will remain on the air, day and night. Across the Thames Valley. Turn on the radio and let's have some music. Spread the word. All about you, baby. It's all about you. It's all about you. Hello, River Radioers. How are you? How have you been? I'm Deborah Fielding, and this is your life, your way. What's going on in your world? It's all about you. So whether you're listening on live on DAB, on podcast, on your favourite platform, it's good to have you here. We started this getting your quick fire message in, so let's go. Let me know right now by sending me a message and tell me in one word how you're doing this week. That's Deborah at river.radio. You've got to be get, get in there super quick to let me know. I'm lucky enough to be here with you, chatting with you about this and that. And so tell me about your world just in that one word. Now, this is your life, your way. And let me tell you what's on the show today. We start the show with the glory of the story. Ooh, what a great story I have for you today. It's a story that will be both true and owned by your guest, which means it isn't anybody else's story but theirs. So this week's guest has a story that you might need the tissues for again. I mean, two weeks on the trot, come on. Well, all for happy reasons this week. So go grab a couple right now. Straight after Glory of the Story, we have What's in a Word, where we like to add a bit of complexity to our lives, I think, getting deep one, one word at a time. And then we are straight into Q&A, your way, the part of the show where you lead the way. That address for your questions is deborah at river.radio. You know I like to get your messages in and answer them as we go. We've had some replies in, so let, let me know in one word how you feel. Uh, let's whiz through them quickly. Mark, who is saying yes. Oh, love that, Mark. Do you want to know what he's saying yes to, though? Yeah, me too. Um, Ian, who's saying he's dumped. Oh, <laughs> oh, gosh, that's tough. I shouldn't laugh. Or is it tough, Ian? There's always a golden nugget in there somewhere. And Dorothy, who just wants to say hi. Oh, hi back at you, Dorothy. Some great music for you too, so let's get going. Thanks to McFly, you head up your show with All About You every week. Did you listen in last week? We had no other but Michael Burton who was talking to us about the dogs in his life and the tragic things that had happened before Bruce found him. If you didn't catch it, you can listen again on podcast from your favourite platform. Uh, search for River Radio, Your Life, Your Way, Deborah Fielding on your usual podcast to listen to this amazing conversation we had. And another one, grab a tissue or maybe two. Don't say I didn't warn you. Now, on to today and my next guest has been a front runner in her passion from being a youngster and you know my favorite saying is show me the child of seven and I'll show you the man you know I say it nearly every week well this week is the proof of that quote it's the one I've been waiting to give you so welcome to my show the dreams do come true dreamer Lynn Wilson who is going to lead us to a historic moment in time Lynn 
I'm so pleased you're able to be here on this particular show for a huge particular reason. But before we touch on that, tell us a little bit about you and where you're from. Thanks so much for having me, Deborah. Oh, shall I put your microphone up? Yeah. Try again. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so so much for having me, Deborah. It's such a great show. Oh, it's uh, great to have you. I've been really looking forward to you coming on, as you know. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah, I'm Lynn. Um, I'm a mum of two. I've lived in Marlow for... 10 12 years now um and um love it love the community um and was able to indulge my passion um which we'll get onto in a moment from an early age through my children and through your children as well yeah that's right so um a proper Marlowe person but let's delve into your story so where are you going to take us where are you taking us first okay I'm going to take you right back to the seven-year-old Lynn oh there I, we go see yeah right in there. i know i didn't have any dollies i didn't have any prams <laughs> i didn't cute. have any tea sets all i was interested in was kicking a ball against a wall and i spent most of my waking hours doing that much to my mum particularly <laughs> upset yeah um, thud, thud, thud on yeah, the wall. exactly yeah. um my big brothers um obviously kind of got me going on that but after long after they'd gone because they're quite a bit older than me um I was still doing it and it's the thing that brought me most joy so go to junior school and you know I'm all into PE I'm doing all the sports I love it athletics you know they introduce you to netball but of course the one thing I want to play is football (laughs) so I say go to the PE teacher and say can I play in the team please (laughs) no girls don't play football don't be daft. Incredible, isn't Don't it? Don't be daft. And this, I mean, you know, I'm older than I look, but this is quite a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I, I kept asking. I kept asking. I am a, quite determined in a, in a kind of quiet way. And the last term came of uh, primary school before going up to secondary school. And the PE teacher relented, said, right, we've got a match. We can play. No problem. So finally got in the team. Basically, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I rang ring, rings around them, scored th- <laughs> yeah. scored two goals. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> so his face at the end was quite a picture. But secondary school again, same story. No, um, you know, no football for girls. Um, I should say that my dear old mum, who's no longer with us, but she's very much always on my shoulder. Um, but she asked me long ago, um, round about that age, you know, what did I want to do with my life? And of course, I wanted to be a footballer. Um, but I said, if I can't be a footballer, I'd like to change the world, which was a bit of a sweeping statement at that point. Yeah, but we like that, though. We like it. We, we like, like it. Keep it monster. ambitious. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, I put that out there and let's see what the, the, the kind of the world, world brings back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. What needs changing? Yeah. <laughs> so your passion for football, well and truly um, ignited, shall we say. I think that's a great word to use. Um how did that feel for you at the time, you know, having been told you couldn't play and you couldn't chase it down with any proper seriousness? Mm. How was that? How did that feel in your bones at the time? Well, I think when you're young, you kind of go, OK, well, this is the world and this is how it works. Yeah. But increasingly through secondary school, um, you know, it becomes really frustrating because you're still following football on, on you know, uh, in the world. You've, you're passionate about your team. You're passionate about, you know, watching it. And you just, you're not given the op- opportunity. There were no clubs around for girls. Um, I did try and go along to a boys club, weren't interested. 
you know, didn't think that um, girls could play. Um, and at school, it was very limited to the traditional hockey and netball. That was it. So really, really frustrating. And I suppose that built up over time. And when I got to go to college, go to, to go to uni in London, um, I, I realised actually it was in my own grasp. I could get a bunch of girls together and go and play in, uh, in Regent's Park. This is just like music to my eyes. I love this attitude. I love this attitude. And yep. I, you've done that several times in your life, I know. Um, but to do that, at what age were you then? So 18, 19. So I can't play football because you won't let me. So I'm going to create my own football environment. Yeah. Whatever that turns out to be. Absolutely. And yeah. how did you go about that? Did you get many takers or what was the deal? So, so yeah, it was, um, I, you know, I put out sort of a message. I put a note in, in those days, a, a, a paper note on the notice <laughs> sport. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously I I'd, I'd got involved in some of the other sports as well. Um, and I just said to the girls that played netball, you know, have you ever tried football? They were like, oh, yeah, I'd quite like to give it a go, actually. Yeah. And netball, couple- actually, it looks like I always thought netball's a lovely thing for girls to do. It's a vicious game. It's a vicious, <laughs> vicious game. <laughs> You've got to be quite aggressive. Yeah. 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 And that's brilliant to see. Um, so, got the first time, got a bunch of girls to go to Regent's Park. And there were some guys that I knew that were heavily into sport. And obviously, we talked about football all the time. And they said, you know, we'll come along, give you give you a hand, whatever you whatever you want. So there was a collection of us, all shapes and sizes, all different backgrounds. And they loved it. And, we, you know, we went for the socials afterwards, which yeah. is a very big part of sport. Yeah. Um, and they felt they were part of something. So then it was on to organising some um, fixtures, not not serious ones, just just matches with other colleges and things like that. Who we going at the same stage, just going, oh yeah, we've got a few girls that like like playing football. Yeah. And so um, from there, you know, just went on, and actually it became what I was known for in the university, and that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, they do kind Madame of s- football. <laughs> Madame was football. Sabbatical, sabbaticals they are. So you take a year out and you run the student union and they'd never had a woman's sports secretary. And of course, I didn't push myself forward, but they came to me and said, we think it'd be a great idea if you did it. Yeah. And I, I, I had the best time. It was, it was hilarious. I mean, I learned a lot as well. I made I'm so sure. many mistakes yeah. and we should all learn from our mistakes in terms of managing budgets and yeah. kind of, you know, keeping all the sports happy and organising all the coaches and the travel and everything. So it gave me a great insight into a lot of um, kind of life skills and things like that. So, yeah, through football, um, I did that for a year which meant I, be, I was a student for a, a bit longer. Um, and then, yeah, so then leave leave college and, and you kind of, where does it go from there? Yeah, so, so the, when you leave college and you've done all that work and set yourself up, you've got that camaraderie and the whole thing and you're kind of saying goodbye to that. Yeah. Uh, so that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, I think that's a lot of studies have shown that that's when women just generally in sport kind of drop off the radar they don't you know it's all provided for them at college or school yes. and then as soon as that's finished you know you're, you're on to other things you're very much on an individual yeah. um, track rather than that camera well and you've got to um I don't think this is something you've struggled with but you've got to kind of hunt that down yourself if you're passionate about it and yeah. um if you if you're not driven in that way if it's not a natural thing for you to do to find um companions friends social clubs football clubs 
then it's easy to drop out of the system, isn't it? I guess the way people do it is through work. When you first go into work, you know, there are some common themes that you might be able to sort of, you know, develop relationships with. Yeah, you with. just chat about football and, oh, come along and play for us. So that's how that maybe starts, is it? So my first job was an all-female feminist eco-friendly <laughs> eco-feminist organization which was again hilarious and of its time it was the end of the 80s yeah and um you know we had such such a great bunch of, of women or again from all different types of backgrounds and we were lucky enough to move into an office which had a, a park just across the road so again suggested you know we need to get out of the office we need to get away from all this paperwork and everything um i'll bring in a football and let's go and have a kick around and uh, what's lovely is, well, we'll come on to, to that, but I was reminded by somebody that I worked with at that point just over the last few weeks and everything that's happened. Yeah, that how... how so, actually, that's lovely, because what you've done, even for the ones that didn't continue playing, you fostered a love of women's football in them, uh, which will have given them great joy over this last few weeks. Absolutely, um, yeah. And you did that, you well, know. Well, me and a lot of other people, yeah. yeah. But it's just a matter of getting people together and organising and just giving people the freedom to to have that camaraderie it's so which important. is something you're really good at thank you yeah <laughs> so you you moved to Marlow and um I know you through being the um well I looked at you as the Mrs Marlow United um <laughs> and my son joined that and that's how we came to know and actually our sons are best friends and all everything's lovely um how did all of that start Mm, so interesting if you just take a step back I lived abroad I lived in France for a while and um, we had somebody helping us settle in and my husband said she said to my husband you know is there anything that your wife needs in terms of you know <laughs> she needs a football <laughs> and he said is there a football team oh, well done and she looked completely blank because I think in France it was even, even more behind than yeah. it was in the in yeah. the UK at that time but she found me one and Good, I did play for yeah. for two seasons with um, with a local football. team, yeah, yeah, yeah with a local team. Um, and I'd played for Surbiton Town and West and, and a few teams around London before we went to France as well. So it, I just kept it going because it's my, it's in you through your my, core, isn't it? It's my, I don't know what it is. It's my fallback, basically. If I'm struggling mental health wise, if I'm if I feel like I'm, you know getting overweight or not feeling comfortable I just you know turn to football or any sport to be honest but football is the main one and it gives me joy yeah so when you you're having a tough time that's where you turn to yeah yeah, yeah. I know and my husband knows that now as well he says do you need to go and play some sport <laughs> <laughs> let's get her out of the yeah, house everyone <laughs> so you're no, playing but, football in france yeah and i mean i don't know about you but i think that's quite a brave thing to do you know you, you're learning a whole new set of um a whole new language and a whole new set of ways of being and yeah. adapting and um yeah and there you are playing football it was oh, really interesting but maybe yeah. the football is what kept you together at that point yeah. and it be, adapting and learning the language and learning how to settle in um was kind of glued together by your football the love of football it's a way of doing it when you it, whenever you find yourself in a new community if there's some common thread it might be music it might be arts it might be you know local radio it might be something that brings people together and that helps you settle in with all the other things that have to be done when you when you're moving around so i found that really useful but when i when i came to marlow obviously had the children um and as soon as my son 
I did try with my, my daughter as well. She wasn't that keen at the time. But as soon as my son could stand, he was kicking a ball and uh, took him along to the first community session, which was at Great Marlow School. And um, yeah, he, he loved it. I loved it standing on the side, but I was kind of wanting to get involved and point them in the right direction. There were only four, so they, you know, this the ball is over there. I couldn't help myself getting involved, really. And um, a wonderful guy who who used to run the um, uh, the community sport there, there's community football every Saturday morning, just said to me, "Do you want to do you want to get this t- take this a bit jump further? On board, yeah. Do you want to be a coach?" Yeah. And I said, "I don't know." <laughs> So anyway, I went along and luckily there was some sponsorship available. Mum's into football at that time. Um, so I did my um, FA courses and um, was able to take on the team. And I was a volunteer coach for 10 years. Took them from age five to ooh, 11 years, 16. Yeah. And, um, and everything that brings. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there wasn't necessarily a club. There was a bit a few politics going on around or whatever. And they said, you know, um, in order to have this group of um, kids that my son had made friends with, you know, as a club, we need to set things up. And I thought, oh, OK. And they looked at me and I thought, yeah, I'm probably the one to set it up. Yeah, get it a bit more <laughs> organised. Yeah, yeah. So set it up, got it going. And yeah, we, we had a wonderful time. We had a really wonderful time. So had lovely kids involved. And we um, we went, we didn't go to the traditional sort of where we, where clubs have always played in this area, which was a sort of circle of clubs that you play over and over again. We got the offer to play on Saturdays, which enabled all the boys that were interested in rugby to play both football and right. rugby. Right, okay. And that Smart. was a big kind of boost to us. Yeah. Because other clubs in the area just lost those kids. Yeah. Um, so it meant going a bit further afield, all the way to Bracknell in some cases. Um, <laughs> and so it was a bit, you know, broadening the horizons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when your lovely son joined as well, there was people joining all the time, new people. They got to know the, know, know the other boys. And that framework that, that they have of relationships has carried on, you know, now that they're all off to university and it's doing quite other It's been quite the incredible thing to watch, really, Um I must just tell this story. I think you might know. I'm going to tell when um, I rocked up with my little one. <laughs> I think he was about, I don't know, six years old or something. And um, I, he's off playing. And I came and stood next to you. And because uh, I like the psychology of coaching. I love that aspect of it. Uh, so I was stood with you and not, I didn't clock that all the parents were on the opposite side of the pitch. <laughs> it was great. I, was, I mean, we got to know each other and I thought, oh, this is a this is a kindred spirit. I think <laughs> this, this is, is a, great. This is a new one. And, uh, <laughs> We've got trouble here. I'm running up and down the line, you know, cause kind of not shouting too much, but just kind of encouraging the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the boys. And, yeah. and you're kind of edging along the, the sideline well, with me and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, this is great. I must get Deborah a job in this team. <laughs> oh, this is great. Can she stand over there next week? <laughs> but you did actually say to me uh, next time you come the parents are all over there you might want to go and say hello exactly. <laughs> like, in fact would you go now <laughs> well it's about you getting to know that re- uh, that that community as well yeah totally. for the parents yeah. i think that's one one big miss actually that that's you know since the boys have stopped um you know some of those some of the parents we don't get together the same as we did no well i've i've got a terrific friendship out of that that mm. i never saw coming and yeah. uh, we see each other every week yeah. and i've got you coming out of that and yeah. there is lots of other people in there yeah. and 
uh, it's the same as this show. Everyone's got a story, and that's what you shared on that sideline. We went through all sorts of turbulent times. Uh, there was several cancer diagnoses came out. There were parents dying left, right, and centre, and all of that. But the glue was watching our boys play football mm-hmm. every Saturday in every kind of weather, because that's what it is, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, there has been times shine. when I've got in the car and wanted to cry my <laughs> eyes out because I couldn't feel any part of my me, me face or my hands or anything. It was awful. I always love playing in the rain, so I would never cancel any matches. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and that's absolutely great. But, um, you know, as a parent, just stood there. It was pretty tough. Was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. But, yes, what you're doing is just knitting a lot of people together there. Yeah, yeah. you just provide the framework and, and you know, people can take as, as much or as little as they yeah. want to. And I think the one thing that touched me most is for those lads, we didn't know what was going on at home for any of them, really. Uh, for some of those lads that were having a tough time at home, the one place they could come on a Saturday was football, play their hearts out, get all the frustrations out, have that camaraderie and those um, their football family around them and know that actually I can stay rooted to these people, even though they weren't thinking like that, that's what was happening. Um, and that, my friend, is absolutely priceless. I know that through I'm an ex-dancer and I used to live there. And mm. without that, I'd have lost the plot with my home life. Um, so to have that, it was a real... I thought a blessing for many people. Well, you never know what's going on in people's lives. So, you know, the more you can give platform for them to just feel safe and come and express some joy and, and, and be with other people, the better, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, so to this day, you're a product of your seven-year-old self, Lynn, and even with your work, football surrounds you. So we'll take a chat about that when we come back. But for now, we're going to play a gorgeous little song, You Make My Dreams Come True, Daryl Hall and John Oates.
great song. What a great song. Of course, that was Hall and Oates with You Make My Dreams Come True. Um, and it's important that the amazing Lynn and everybody else out there knows dreams do come true in more than just one way. Now then, Lynn, you've been steeped in football and continue to be so. So tell us what you've been doing during the whole of July, I expect. What an amazing month this has been. Um, as I'm sure your listeners have, uh, know, as everybody in the world seems to know, um, it's been the Women's Euros. And um, just to take a step back through my work, I've now found a, a job which involves a bit of football, yeah. also involves it's in all, charity it's just gorgeous. and community, yeah. and also about changing lives through, through um, sport generally as well. So um, it's taken a while to get that job and uh but now i found it it's um it's very very rewarding and we've done a little bit in terms of the working with the euro so i knew that there was something coming up we've been working with the um organizers around the arts and heritage events uh, more than the the actual matches but i've been lucky enough to go to three matches um getting tickets of course tickets were widely available at the beginning you could get tickets and everybody thought it's <laughs> not going to be sold out no. it's women's football come on yeah. And um, so as we've got more, more towards the final, we, we went to the quarterfinal and again, bringing people together, we took the whole team down to Brighton and had a day, day off the phones and off the computers. And um, of course, the result was just amazing. And uh, I was lucky enough to be sat right beside, behind the goal. If you remember, um, Georgia Stanway's winner in the extra time, that literally the ball was heading for my head um, behind <laughs> the goal. So I'll never forget that moment. It was fantastic. Oh never forget getting home at three in the morning either because of the trains. But oh, there you go. Right, that's okay. another that's story. Another story yeah. It's good you have, you have a, a win on your hands to Absolutely. keep you warm. Yeah. I was smiling all the way home, yeah, but it was yeah. it was a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so yes, and. Um, as England got to the final of all the expectations and of course you'll have seen in the run-up to the final um, all the press coverage all the media coverage people talking about women's football this is amazing like it's never like it's only just happened yeah yeah um, and what which was, it has in fairness for, ju for some people for some people for yes. perceptions but yeah. what was nice and what I kind of contributed to on my social media and also um, kind of uh, did sort of just just off my it, it, within the community of uh, women who've worked in football um, is is a recognition of all those women who were told you can't play. Yeah, you can't play. Being one of them. You don't, yeah. you know, women don't play football. I remember going to an England match in 1990, must have been 93, something like that. And there was less than a thousand people in the crowd and it wasn't a great standard. The The pitch was awful. You know, it was very, very amateurish. Yeah. But those women persevered. They did everything they could to make sure that we had the chance to play. Um, and I, I don't know if your listeners will know, but the FA actually banned women from That's playing right, yeah. um, for, you know, 101 years. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's yeah. a lovely, a lovely pickup on that, actually. One of the, I um, can't remember who it is now, which is not great advertising for them, I guess. But they have committed to creating 101 girls teams in the UK okay, because of that stat, yeah. which is really yeah, great. Very yeah, very nice. Yeah, which yeah. is very nicely done. Yeah. Um, if I remember the company, I'll remember. I mean, the, the uh, commentators uh, from last night were just regaling all the women that were um, said no from the to final. and yeah. the whole works. You yeah, know, yeah. that's what they talked yeah. about all the way through. Yeah. It's quite yeah. um, 
it was quite a powerful moment, I thought. It's quite emotional. It is. It's very emotional. And I'm hoping we don't cry today, Lynn, because if you set off, I'm going to go for, <laughs> for sure. So it's, it's a bit nerve-wracking, everyone. I think I dried out all my tears at the final. I'm sure. Um, it was an amazing day. I mean, you know, it, to have... Well, just go back to the, the kind of semi-final as well. Um, I was actually travelling at the time, so I was watching it on my phone. But when I got home, I realised that because, um, you know, it, it, it had been... It knocked the news uh, off, t- off the time, yeah. or the quarterfinal, because it went to extra time, and uh, you know, it, it, to have that disruption from women's football, to pick up a packet of Doritos and see a woman footballer on the on, on the, the packet. packet, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. amazed at yeah. all those things, you yeah. know, having um, having had it the, the way it was before. Um, and what was nice as well was at the final when um, they were all celebrating at the end. I don't know if you mo- you noticed, but Dame Sue Campbell. Um, yes. Was was yes. Was dragged up onto on. the yeah. onto the stage as well. She has done so much for women's football. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So a real, real pioneer amongst many, many others as well. Yeah. So um, I I had to laugh a little bit uh, yesterday because I was messaging you um, about the show Final, and yeah. about doing this show. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, I'm on my way to Wembley. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is just going to be great. Lynn's going to be in tears at some point, regardless of what happens. And uh, yeah, it was a full on um, gorgeous moment for me to know you were on your way there. (laughs) That's so nice because so many people, a lot of my friends have basically messaged me and said, where are you watching it? Where are you watching it? And I was like, I'm here. I've got a seat. (laughs) I'm actually at Wembley. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was an incredible um, kind of feeling to be there. and it felt like a real watershed yeah. moment, you know. Um, but there's more work to, d- to be done. You know, the two managers yesterday, managers at the final, um, were women. But that's quite a rare situation. Yeah. You know, you don't get many female coaches. I've often been in the room of, you know, 50 odd men and, and, and me um, of, of coaches yeah. at, at youth level. Um, and that's something that we, we need to change because... At, those those women have become established the two managers um through through kind of you know the the work that they've done both both abroad not not in the uk and we won't have those women managers coming through unless we make it possible for them yeah um and that's that's a really important thing for me and probably will be my the focus of the passion going forward Um, Uh, there's so many great things to take away from it you know for me um i was kind of smiling that well, lo and behold, we woke up in the morning to find there's been no violence, there's been no seats ripped out of stadiums, <laughs> there's been no no mothers clubbing each other around the head with the seats. Um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful environment. And there were men there, of course, uh, but everybody was in such great spirits. Uh, it was so different, such a different feel. Yeah, it was. And it, it brings the, the question that football can be, can be different. It doesn't have to, have to follow the same stereotypes. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of wonderful books been re- written recently of, you know, an alternative way to football and that's I'd really recommend sort of yeah. just thinking broadly about things like being able to bring children along you know providing facilities that will uh, fun things for them to do around the match and of course you know the the diehard football fans say oh you know it's a difficult a different atmosphere it's not the same you know we can't hurl insults at people and stuff like that 
And that there's room for that because that's football football tradition. I guess but so, but it doesn't got to have qu- to be like that. No, and you've got to question what you're going to the match for, really. Yeah. Uh, there's other places you can get in a brawl, like, you know, plenty of places you can yeah. do that. <laughs> um, but to spoil what is a national game mm. just feels a bit sad to me. Yeah. And that was completely absent at that final. Mm. It was just a real... And the beautiful thing was, I think it was Jill Stanway who stood there and they said, you know, how does this feel? And she said, oh, it's the best moment of my life. Well, apart from when I have my children. Yeah, yeah. Foundations down, the, grounded, Leo, Leo rooted, was, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. proper. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful thing and they're not paid millions, so they're just still in touch with who they are as people. Exactly. There's a kind of different perspective, isn't there? So from From men's football, which is very much about focused on the money at that yeah. level. And... Um, you know, you don't often get the kind of reality check that, you, that you're going to have with the women football because it's not that long ago that they had to have jobs and play football. Yes. You know, professionalism only and came in the last few years. And to training and all of yep. that, you know, yep. and use and your own money play. and uh, going to debt to do so exactly. for some of them. And by the way, if you th- look at the Northern Ireland team, I mean, they only became fully professional in December. Right. And they got themselves to the finals. Right. People will The thing is, I think people need to start judging things differently it's not about who wins and who loses it's not just about that i mean don't get me wrong it was fantastic that england won yeah it really was but even if they hadn't it has been an amazing month yes and that's that's what yeah. counts and that, that all those young girls that will have seen that on the tv you know they will remember that they won but they'll also remember the feeling that they had watching those girls yeah. uh, watching the women yeah they'll never forget that yeah absolutely. well um i'm Delighted with this piece of music you've chosen. <laughs> it had to be. I, I mean, what I love about this song is how we've really embraced it over here in the UK. Um, and I remember Emma Raducanu at the American Open sat there where the crowd just burst into spontaneous song. And we're playing you Sweet Caroline from Neil Diamond, of course. I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you shoulders how can I hurt when holding you 
touching one Reaching out Touching me to laugh that just reminds me of um the interviews at the end and um i don't know the name of the person that was being interviewed but uh oh she ran off with the microphone i think it was chloe <laughs> kelly that scored the winner yeah she had was, to just go and <laughs> celebrate took, took the microphone <laughs> off she went all right and all i was thinking actually it was so weird i just thought oh this is just too funny if that was me i'd want to be out there celebrating with the with the crowd and my teammates exactly and off she went. exactly i don't know why they do the interviews so it's so close no, afterwards. i know they've got to get something they're too full they're barely they? audible as well absolutely <laughs> that yeah so um yeah that was very amusing wasn't yeah. it um so thank you for listening to your life your way at river radio with me deborah fielding and my guest today who is mrs football herself lynn wilson with a song that doesn't need any introduction at all of course it was sweet caroline um by neil neil diamond which brings us straight to what's in a word uh this is a part of the show where you and i break down a word and chat about what it might mean for you and this week i've chosen a piece i wrote for um my brighter thinking community it's just seemed very apt today um so let's just take a listen and uh, see what we've got dive in to river radio short and sweet and i've chosen the word success of course so success comes in many formats sitting in your rocking chair at the end of days recounting stories to anyone who cares to listen what will your success stories be we're making them every day Big ones, small ones, whoppers. Making your success is a colourful process and without a doubt will have some hardship and tough times slammed straight in the middle. Many not of your choosing. As you emerge through it all, not round it, under it or over it, but through it, you just might find a deeper, more rounded and understanding being standing in your shoes. So go ahead and create your success stories. They're going to entertain people for many years to come. Uh, I find we whiz through life at a million miles an hour and more often than not, we're happy to beat ourselves up at things that go, we get wrong or one thing in a whole string of good things that we remember is a mistake we made. Uh, well, why not make a list of all the good things you do this week? Why not take that one step further and write them all down? Small wins, big successes, the lot. Uh, you know, you may be quite surprised that at the end of the week, you have quite the list. So, Lynn, um, I just wonder, are you good at putting your successes under the spotlight or how does that work for you? Yeah, I think it's really interesting um, area. And I think success looks different for, for, for everyone and from different angles. Um, th the work I do at the moment is looking at how 
how do you measure um, things like success? How do you learn from things that go wrong? And maybe that's an, that's actually a success. Because if we keep doing the same things, then, you know, we may feel that we're getting a little bit more successful each time, but if we're not changing things in the way that we do things, then, you know, perhaps we're not learning. Yeah. And I think learning learning is is a success in itself. I think um, you're right. So I think I don't, I get, I'm, no, I'm not great, to be honest. Now, I've started <laughs> off with saying I'm, I'm really good at doing this, but I'm not. Um, that was very funny. <laughs> Went from one scale to the other. How then. do you think that is? Going? Well, no, I'm actually no, rubbish. <laughs> well, I but, think we've all got that propensity, haven't we? Just yeah. to remember the one bad thing we did, and yet we've done so much yeah. good. Yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate and surrounded by a fantastic team who um, who do that and support. We support each other, and if we make a mistake, then we learn from it, and and that comes from real um, visionary leadership and um, awareness of how people grow in different ways and that yeah. you know that that's some people for some people success will be one thing and other people will you know need something else yeah and i think we have to uh, rate that and it comes back to the whole winning and losing as well you know when you think about matches and you think about what's happened in um in sport and recently and things like that it's not o- always about the winners you know somewhere during wimbledon there'll be somebody who got a bit further than they thought they would. Yes, yeah. And that's really good. And they won't be yeah. remembered in the record books or whatever. No. Nope. Or they stepped on the court for the first time. They played at centre court for the first time. Yeah. I know you love tennis, so oh, I'm switching, I switching do, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like my football too, yeah, to be honest. Absolutely. And there'll be some, like Northern Ireland, for instance, you know, they've only just become professional. So, yeah. you know, it's I a mean, great achievement for them. I did give my son Manchester United as a team when he was younger. Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, they gave us some very iconic moments in the 90s and City were nowhere to be seen when I was growing up. Nowhere at all. Um, so he got he got united for, the, for his sins. Um, and what he doesn't know about any football team or any player isn't worth knowing. He's just steeped in it. And I did tell him while he was growing up that I taught David Beckham to do his free kicks because I came from Manchester. <laughs> And he he held on to that uh, till he was 12, I think, when he was at um, senior school. And I can imagine the conversation. Well, you just need to ask her, ask her, get his phone number. And uh, so he came home one day and said, "Uh, can I see David Beckham's phone number? (laughs) Rumbled. Cracked it. Totally rumbled. Uh, But yeah, that was great fun. Uh, So yeah, I just think football has given me many happy moments for sure. And I love how the nation comes together. For, uh, for all footballs, you know, male or female, mm-hmm. um, I love that camaraderie. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a great believer that we've all got our stories. We all are a community that knits together better um, through through football uh, in general. Mm. I mean, think during the pandemic as well, what has been struck through work is the, the role that a football club plays in a community. And, you Incredible. know, when matches weren't being played and things like that, they were doing food parcels. They were doing supportive phone calls to, to local people. They were keeping people's spirits up. And actually they've done that work all the way through. Yeah. And that's what you, that's, a, it's, I've discovered a whole area, sport for development and community trusts, which actually do so much in their local communities. Yeah. It's a real um, kind of touch point for, for people within those, uh, those areas. Um, and I think that that's, that's not, written about or known about enough no and i think that'll be another challenge that i want to take on is to to spread the word about that yeah so that you know pete actually for some people football and being part of a football club 
can change lives and save lives as well. For sure. Yeah. So where our successes are, going back to that question, I think um, I know I'm certainly getting better at that. And even when I have made a mistake, there are good things in that mistake that you can, like you say, either learn from or it might set you up for something further down the line that you could never have foreseen. So I tend not to be so hard on myself. It's taken a long time to get to that. Yeah. I yeah. feel a bit sad about that and fact. It's not, <laughs> if you're like me, it's probably not consistent either. And you've got to stop yourself and go, yeah, don't beat yourself up about that. I'm not a bad that. person not, here. I'm doing the best exactly, I can with what yeah. I've got. Another sport analogy, actually, with a, a cricketer um, that I know of, is is he talks about the fact that he's under pressure all the time, he's scoring runs and whatever. And sometimes, sometimes when he fails on the pitch, he says to himself, that doesn't make me a bad person. No. And actually, I've found that quite a good mantra to yeah. take into my work. When you make a mistake, it doesn't change the person that you are. No, it doesn't. And actually, you know, you can learn from it and you can do things, but it doesn't affect you in that way. Yeah. And that, that just having that separation is really important. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Because I know one thing I've certainly done in my time is beat myself so, up so badly um, I'd, I'd be unrecognisable as a person that I know. And that's a real crying shame. I'd plea anybody to stop doing that yeah. um, because it doesn't serve you uh, but let's have a bit of an uplifting tune now which I've not heard in years
there we have it. Everyone's a winner. Hot chocolate. Gosh, I've not heard that for a hundred years. <laughs> uh, welcome back to your life. You're away with me, Deborah Fielding. You were listening to Hot Chocolate, as I said, and well, I think everyone's a winner in my eyes. Uh, before we get stuck into Q&A your way, let me tell you, I'll be on River Radio again on Saturday mornings with Izzy Holmes from 8 till 10 with our new show, a bit of light-hearted fun to ease you into the weekend. So, you know, grab a cup of tea and your slice of toast and pop us on the radio to keep you company while you're sorting your day out. Now, you know I love your questions and this week is no different. So here we go. Um, and what have we got this week? Let's have a look. Well, it looks like a mini inbox overload is what we have. Always the way when you talk about football, it's a bit like religion and politics. Everyone has an opinion. <laughs> now, Francine has messaged in to say that she was in a similar position as Lynn when she was a kid. She says she feels a bit envious now in a nostalgic kind of way that she didn't have these opportunities and wondered if Lynn did too. Oh, that's hit the nail on the head. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if everyone could see your face now. I know, I know. It's, it's, that's oh. why it's been, I think that's why it's been so emotional the last um, month or so, because there is a tinge of, oh, I was born too soon. And the, the you know, the opportunities that they, that people have now, that, that the women have now um, to play and to be, be superstars, you know, is something that was, was craved back then. I don't know what I can advise because I really think that's that's, you know, resonated with me. I reckon that's um, resonated with a ton of people yeah, uh, when yeah. they were watching that final. Yeah. They must have just been so yeah. wistful. I think I think one positive you can do is just go, just stay in the community. If you still love football and you still, you know, there's walking football you can play now. There's, um, you know, you can still go along to your local club and support. Um, you can, you know, if you're lucky enough to get Premier League tickets, you can go along yeah. and just be involved in the conversation. I was at a conference last week and it was so nice because there's four women who didn't know. We sat all, all sat down to lunch and we'll start talking about football. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we can't play any, we can't necessarily play because of the age that we are now, but they're still walking football. But also you, there's no reason why you don't cut football out of your life because you, you can talk about it yeah well i to top that up what lynn said francine i i I'd certainly would look for opportunities even now if i were you uh, where you can get involved uh, you know you might not be able to play as lynn said but take the opportunities around you and you know maybe like lynn did help coach the little ones if you're that passionate i don't know much about you but i'll offer to the kit take the kits home and wash them each week <laughs> better you than me um i'll bring some oranges in for the half time freshers for the little kids training i've no idea of your circumstances but uh, think sideways is my tip for the day on that one uh, just i've got to tell you this little t- story as well talking of opportunities i was stopped by a man this week and we will call him john who told me after many years of not dating after his wife died he met someone I was kind of brought together with someone in a bit of a magical way. I won't go into the whole story. And he was listening to my show and the word of the day was opportunity. And it was about taking them and going after your life. Um, So John asked his new friend to take a listen to and said he thought they should go for it. And so they are. I mean, if I could have had my heart warmed anymore from him telling me that, it would have just burst into flames. I'm so utterly thrilled for him and them. Um, So if you have any stories like that to tell, drop me a line. And also, if you have any bigger story you'd like to share, why not come on the show and share it with me? Um, It's just you and me. That's right, isn't it, Lynn? Absolutely. Um, plus all the overseas people that drop by. Uh, seriously, it is just like chatting to a friend. <laughs> now, Serena wants to know 
if you have any advice for little girls, this is for you, Lynn, I think, uh, that are starting out now with a big passion. Yeah, in terms of just generally as a big passion, um, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> there's Lynn's I there's just, word advice. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's no limit now. I mean, we, we are fortunate to live in an age now where there are more equal opportunities. Still lots of work to do. Um, you know, there's still a lot of stereotypes there and you see the, the grief and the uh, the kind of nastiness that you get on social media of, um, you know, female commentators and things like that. All that nonsense is, yeah. is still Be gone. there. Be gone. But I just feel like there's a big tide yeah. brushing, you know, yeah. flushing that away. Yeah, and we're getting slowly getting rid of it. And Serena, and don't, be, don't be tied by his, by, by what people think of stereotypes. No, and I think um, Serena, for your little girl, what a great wave to be part of. Mm, absolutely, um, and I'd like to add to that too as well. I had Sarah Winkless, MBE, the Olympic rower and Commonwealth gold rower. She was on the show a few weeks ago, and she says it's super important to keep their hobbies wider to young age. Mm. Um, if it is going to happen, they will keep finding their way to it, just like Lynn did. But it's important they experience many, many things. Mm. Um, Joe's messaged in, and she says she loves how you've built up a community of people and youngsters. Uh, but she says, you d- <laughs> you do know that will mean a big group of sweaty, hairy fellas will be saying hello to you in the street as they all grow older, don't you? <laughs> it's already happened. <laughs> I think so. I think, uh, but that's kind of marvellous thing, right? Is it? <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I don't recognise them. <laughs> no, yes, because they all change so much, don't they? And they're all yeah. taller than us yeah, now as well. They're lovely, lovely lads. You know, I can remember, so nice. do you remember, oh gosh, I remember little, your son. Fraser, I just wanted to scrudge his little cheeks. He was so cute. I wouldn't try it now. If no, I were no, you. absolutely not. And they are all much bigger than us. Um, and I can't reach for uh, Oscar's uh, cheeks. No, no, me neither. But I can jump up and give him a slap yeah. if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Lynn, just uh, quickly tell us what's next for you. So, um, work is continuing to be um, interesting, exciting. It's a bit of sport, it's a bit of community, it's a bit of charity. And actually, I'm off to um, St George's Park, um, the work which. England football built as a as a headquarters. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to be invited up there on Thursday, and as I mentioned, you know, the next thing I'd really like to to help is to encourage the next generation of women coaches, and we're going to do a um, a group work with the local um, youth club who've got fantastic vision they've managed to get the fa and kick it out and lots of people in the room so i'm going to go up there both for work and to talk about personal experience as well so i'm looking forward to that well i've i've always long held a belief that um you're so steeped in it and you've got such a good heart that you're meant to go in a great direction for sure i i mean i would be your biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> thank you I'd love, really kind. I'd love to see that um but it's amazing to see where you've come from to now and everything that's unfolding um, on an international scale with football and uh, the work that you're doing now, everything's just in a beautiful place, like it is the beautiful game, I would I would say. Absolutely, good one. So, well, here we go again. Uh, we're here, your life, your way. You think it's all over. Well, it, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> uh, thank you to your guest, the football mad Lynn Wilson, uh, grateful to you for sharing your stories. Um, I wish you a life of always following your passion and doing it your way, Lynn. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, thank you always to you for your questions. It's always amazing to hear what you're up to and to know that these passions, successes and aspirations you have are important and must be followed no matter what age you are. 
If you have a story you'd like to share, get in touch and let's have a chat. You can contact me, Deborah at river.radio. And I'd like you to remember to favourite the podcast. Search for River Radio Your Life Your Way or Deborah Fielding and click that favourite button. I'm Deborah Fielding wishing you a week of taking opportunities like John for following your passion like Lynn or saying yes to new adventures like Mark at the top of our show. We're playing out this week with Weekend and Blinding Lights and I'd like you to have the greatest week ever. I've been trying to call I've been on my own for long enough Maybe you can show me how to love Maybe I'm going through a drought You don't even have to do too much You can turn me on with just a touch